0: Hey, Tree Church family. Thanks for joining us for another Bible study episode. Um, This is Mackie, and I'm excited for today. We are in... Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 7 through 16. I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard Version. Um, I'll read the entire set of the whole passage here, 7 through 16 of chapter 7. And then rather than going verse by verse, we're really looking at two chunks of uh, kind of a cause and effect type thing or, you know, like a part one and part two here in this scripture. So I'm going to to give you an overarching theme for the whole thing. So Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 16. the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repays to their face those who hate him by destroying them. He will not be slack with one who hates him. He will repay him to his face. You shall therefore be careful to do the commandment and the statutes and the rules that I command you today. And because you listen to these rules and keep and do them, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your wine and your oil, the increase of your herds and the younger your flock of your flock and the land that he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your livestock, And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew will he inflict on you, but he will lay them all on all who hate you. And you shall consume all the peoples that the Lord your God will give over to you. Your eyes shall not pity them, neither shall you serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. Before we jump into this passage, there's a couple obvious things and they may not be obvious, but we need to address a couple things that are pretty direct in this passage that how does this apply to me? So there's a couple things here. We talk, it talks a lot about God's punishment and God's really what we would call supernatural resistance to those who hate him. Uh, Even you would look in the Hebrew and Greek and that word all uh, sometimes won't necessarily mean hate, So there are those who hate God and that hatred can sometimes look different. It may not be, I hate God outright, right? It may be, I don't believe God's real or, you know, I don't follow God, right? That, that term It it can be all inclusive of so many things of people just not following God, people not obeying God. I think the big passage, the big theme of this passage really is obedience. So those who aren't following God, those who don't obey him really are, um, they're lumped all together with those. There's not really a hierarchy here or a, um, a level. There's not a leveling system here that if you go to church or you, you know, you go to church once a month or once a year, um, but you don't hate God. Like you call yourself a Christian. Um, It is the same as someone who's just not following God. There's no hierarchy here to, well, at least I'm better than this person. Uh, God doesn't look at it that way. We'll see here in a second. The reason he doesn't look at it that way is because he doesn't look at grace that way. So um he begins off um God is saying, you know, here to the Israelites, he's saying it's not because you as a nation Israel were so great in number or you look so great or you had great appearance or a great reputation or status. Actually, if God looked at the appearance of people or the appearance of a nation, the status of a person or nation, it would actually often turn away God from them because God is so holy. And and God doesn't look at that. Rather, God offers grace to all of us, that this gift of grace that really God is talking about here is offered to everyone, no matter what. However, that grace should always lead us to some place. Now, at the end here, he talks about you know, the, the resistance you'll receive from God, the, the lack of help, the lack of mercy you'll receive if you're not following God. And some of these things honestly are just not, um, literal, uh, literally applicable to us. Um, for instance, it it goes into things like there shall not be male or female barren among you or among your livestock. Meaning if you follow me, that, um, that you will have children as often as you want. We could see these things as, you know, For a time and place and for a nation, meaning that God is telling the Israelites that this would be their promise that they're receiving, because here's what we know is true. Um, no matter how much we love God, no, ma- no matter how much we follow Him and obey Him, um, the world is imperfect. The world is still broken. That we live in a world that where we will face trials like um, not being able to have children and we will face trials like disease and sickness. These things that God has promised in the Israelites, they won't experience and will actually um, give over to their enemies here. We really want to see, look at this as thematic, or we want to, we still want to see it as it can teach us something, but we don't want to be literal with it because, um, taking this passage literal will kind of put us in a dangerous place where we think, okay, if I hit X, Y, and Z, if I hit all these marks, God will give me all these things. God's not promising that, but here's what he does promise in this passage this is a large allegory, a metaphor, a narrative for what God is promising, is that grace is offered to us all, that promise is offered to us all, and that grace should always lead us to obedience. Grace should always lead us to obedience. We, we can't miss that. We can't miss that. We don't obey to get something. We don't follow Jesus to get something. Um, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a freedom. That wouldn't be free will following. Um, if someone forced them, if someone forced you to love them, it's, that's not real love. That's not true love There's there's a reason God gave us free will. And therefore is this, is that we can make the choice to obey God and to love him. And when we make that choice, it's because the grace it's because of the grace he's shown us that even when we were sinners, even when we did that thing that offended him, that took us away from him out of harmony, out of relationship with him, he still loved us. He still died for us. And because of that grace, it should always lead us to obey him. We're not obeying to get the grace. The grace is a free gift. The grace is something that we're already promised. You know, in Romans, Paul talks about kindness leading to repentance, that, that God shows us kindness and it should lead to repentance. What is more kind than the grace that God has shown us? Even in Deuteronomy, in this chapter 7, and under this old covenant, under the old law, we see graces being enacted towards the Israelites. The Israelites did not deserve to be freed from the, the captivity they had in, in Egypt that they were under. They didn't deserve a promised land. They didn't deserve provision and food and water, especially the multiple times they turned their, their, their lives away from God and towards idols. But even then, God kept creating a route towards him. God kept creating a way to him. And that is the ultimate grace that he always provides a way towards him, towards promise, towards blessing what we can't see here is we we can't see that our life is going to be perfect when we follow him and obey him. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be things we experience that's just a part of this broken world, that our bodies are imperfect, that lives are imperfect, that we face sickness and disease and pandemics and, and just really gross stuff, tragedy and, and death and, and all these things that life won't be perfect, but because of the grace God has shown us, because of the things we don't deserve, because he was able to save us from ourselves and from our sins, if we choose to obey him because of that grace, every single time we'll find life. Every single time we will find fulfillment, we'll find significance, that those, those awful things that happen around us and to us, that we know we follow a God that can make a mess and turn that mess into a miracle. But our, our number one motivator to obey Jesus, to follow him closely, is the grace he's already shown us. Not what could be, but what has been, what he has done. Today, as you're driving, whatever you're doing, you're at home, you're cleaning. I just pray that over you today. May you understand the grace of God and how deep it goes for you. May you understand how much God loves you and how much grace he poured out for you. And may you respond to that grace with obedience and with a close following of him. We love you, church. Thanks for joining me for the Bible study. See you again soon.